calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. (sighs) We did it. I still can't believe we got this project done so fast and so well. When I'm in New York. I'm in Chicago. And I'm in L.A. But we're making it happen in Miro. Together. Our best work just happens faster on Miro's collaborative online whiteboard. No more scheduling meeting after meeting for work that could happen from anywhere. Whether it's getting design feedback here, mapping timelines here, or brainstorming next steps here. It all just happens on the Miro board. Exactly. And it's nice not having to wait an entire day to get sign-off from this guy. Hey! Well, it is true. See how Miro users save up to 80 hours every year by meeting less and doing more. Get on board at Miro.com. The first three boards are free forever. That's M-I-R-O.com. Hey, everyone. This is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own and some of you reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. everybody and welcome to another brand new episode of the geek buddies we're back at it again to talk about a a week of geeky goodness so much we're getting into here talking sherlock holmes some moon Knight, some crazy morbius post-credit scenes and some great trailers jump into all of it but first let's introduce ourselves i'm the outlaw john roca writer producer host here on the outlaw nation of the geek buddies mike 
I am Michael Vogel. I'm a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies. Shannon? And this is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor where you may have seen me on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Silicon Valley, and the Goldbergs. There you go. All right. We're going to jump into so many things. Excited to get into it. For those of you who are new, thank you so much for taking a chance on us here in the world of Geek Buddies. For those of you who've been on us or hang hanging out with us for quite some time, thanks for staying on the Geek Buddies train. And speaking of the Geek Buddies train, we also want to tell you we are powered and sponsored by the fine folks over there at Carbon Health. CarbonHealth.com, fantastic place. 100-plus locations opening all over the country here. They've got some 50-plus locations all over California as well, doing COVID testing, doing uh, meeting all your healthcare needs. The healthcare providers, they really believe in connecting with you, setting up a great healthcare plan for you, and making sure they follow up with you and you're staying on task. And who doesn't need that nowadays when we're so distracted by so many things in our lives? It's good to have a healthcare professional who is keeping you on task and making sure you are taken care of. So go to CarbonHealth.com and see what they've got to offer you all right gentlemen uh i think we're starting uh mikey you're starting us off with some moon night news i think we do have some moon night news so in addition to the second episode of moon night coming out this week and i hope you all join us for our moon night spoiler review which is coming very very soon or actually by the time this airs already came i don't know either way <laughs> check it out it's gonna be great uh but in addition to that um, Moon Knight had a pretty good launch on Disney+. Plus. Uh, Marvel uh, Studios reported that Moon Knight pulled in reportedly around 1.8 million U.S. households across its first five days on Disney+. Plus. Uh, that is compared to uh, the 1.5 million that Hawkeye got in it for, on its first five days. So Moon Knight, even though he's new to the Marvel Universe, did a little bit, a bit better than Hawkeye. He has not beat the record yet, uh, which is Loki, which remains Marvel's most watched first episode with two and a half million households turning in. And Loki also holds the record for the most watched Disney Plus finale with 1.9 million households. So everybody still loves the God of Chaos the most. Um, and, you know, Hawkeye did 1.5, so nothing to sneeze at. Like, Marvel's still doing just fine, but pretty encouraging that Moon Knight, which is a character that most people, including a few of the Geek Buddies, know much less about than other Marvel characters, <laughs> uh, had such a significant opening. So, gentlemen, um, yay for Moon Knight. Congratulations. Yeah, but why do you guys think that is like do you think it's the star power of oscar isaac do you think that people were just really intrigued by the trailers like why do you think moon knight did so well even though he definitely is not a top tier marvel name jay you know i kind of feel like oscar isaac is definitely a pull but also i think people were excited to get a new character i mean mm -hmm. you look at the four disney plus live action disney plus series that preceded it. I mean, WandaVision, it was it was that build. I mean, because Disney Plus, you know, it, not a new platform, but it was the first sort of, uh, um, it was the first MCU series. And you watch the trailers, and especially for folks that aren't necessarily big comic book readers, I mean, it was, a, it was weird. I mean, it was like, wait, it's all in sitcoms, and this one's in black and white, and this one's in the seven. What is this exactly? Falcon and Winter Soldier was much more up the middle, but also they were, supporting characters and mm. people may not have necessarily been like oh i can't wait to see what happens to the guy that flies and the guy with the arm um loki has been an incredibly popular character from moment one so i think that certainly explains why loki thus far has has the biggest premiere numbers i'd be curious to look at all of the finales because to me um i think loki especially for folks not necessarily comic book readers loki kind of petered out at the end i mean there was something very you know with jonathan major showing up at the end comic book folks were were through through the roof um but with hawkeye also you know a lot of folks coming out of the films were not necessarily that jazzed about him and i think 
you know, I would be curious to see the numbers of that show because I would have to think like WandaVision, it just grew and grew and grew because the show was just so good. Now, looking at Moon Knight, I think people are just excited to get somebody. They're excited to get somebody new. And you have you have the premise of ancient Egypt. You have a really unique costume. You have the star power of Oscar Isaac and the trailers were good. I mean, the trailers did a really, really good job selling this show about this person who has sort of, you know, dissociative uh, identity disorder. Um, and even like you know, I'm halfway through episode two right now. I'm, I was watching it this morning. Um, it, 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 it'll be really interesting to see if people continue to stay on the way that the numbers uh, came out for the beginning. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I agree with a lot of what you said, uh, Shannon. Absolutely. I think they're also. I think this is also. Look, it's summer movie season. People are getting back into the vibe, getting back into ramping, and the fact that we've seen a number of these series now. So this has now become kind of a norm. We we look forward to the next Marvel uh, show. We look forward to what it's going to be. Yeah, and it's a new character. Okay, what are we going to explore? Oh, the way we get people in, we hook them in with Oscar Isaac. We hook them in with uh um with uh ethan hawk as well and see what we can explore and discover and there are a lot of people especially a lot of websites and a lot of youtube channels who are hell bent on explaining this stuff and dropping a lot of content a lot of video because i think more and more people are coming up now in the generation who understand that's part of the task of being a fan now with all of these franchises star wars included that you've got to do the legwork here so you can fully appreciate and have those water cooler conversations in much more in-depth ways and i think that's what also plus the idea of egypt i think that kind of does spark a little bit of attraction for a lot of people it's still kind of an exotic thing you know death on the nile did it did pretty well in the uh, considering uh, when it came out there for uh for kenneth Branagh. so to me looking at this this is what i think is is happening here and look multiverse of madness is right around the corner so this content of wanting marvel stuff uh in their uh in front of their eyes is great And there's not a lot of stuff out right now maybe atlanta maybe a couple other series that are necessarily taking the attention away from this show as well so it was a smart time to drop it and i think it's killing it because of that you know and we'll see as shannon said because i've seen the first four episodes each one has a different tone. So I'm very curious to see how people will feel after the first four episodes about the next two episodes. If the excitement is still there for the last two episodes. Yeah, I mean, I think I think one of the things that makes this uh, series a little bit different is kind of, to use John's term, like less legwork required. Mm. Uh, like, I mean, there's, there's two parts of like getting into a Marvel show. One is Marvel's going to drop Easter eggs for every nerd like us and every mm -hmm. geek in the world so that if you want to go deep and go, oh, there was a reference to this and I think that this and I'm sure that that was Mephisto, you can do it all day long and you can do that. But there's also the level of like, what do I need to know to follow the cinematic story? And Marvel does a really good job that even if you don't know every single thing about the characters in the comics, you can just, if you watch all the Marvel movies, you can keep up with who these characters are and where they exist in the universe. Moon Knight, uh, much like Shang-Chi, much like the Eternals, we are now in an era post phase mm. three into phase four where it's a nice time to jump on board right. because you don't need to know a lot. Like with Hawkeye, there was a lot of backstory involved with each one of them, like Loki, Hawkeye, Wanda, uh, WandaVision, Falcon Winter Soldier. With Moon Knight, he's gonna get involved in the bigger MCU, but as of right now, like he's pretty fresh and clear. So if you are not a huge Marvel person and maybe some, watching some of those other shows, there was a little bit of a barrier of like, oh, I can't watch that until I watch mm. this, 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 and this. Moon Knight, you can just pop it on. 
Uh, and you're probably going to want to go do legwork later as he gets more involved and other characters show up and they mention things. Yeah. But for right now, it's pretty free and clear. And I think that's probably a big reason, too. Also, six episodes. I mean, that makes you want to take a chance on a show. Oh, it's only six episodes? Perfect. I can knock that out, no problem. Uh, one time yeah. a week, no big deal. And I'm done with it, six episodes. So, yeah, all kind of, I think that factors in as well. Um, um, all right, anything more to say on this one? Shall we move on? I mean, I'm just excited to see what happens next, but we'll talk about that in our spoiler review. So, Absolutely. I guess I'm good. I'm good for now. Yeah, fair enough. Our spoiler review will be coming tomorrow, uh, uh, but definitely uh, tune in with that. And Mike Kalinowski coming back to join us again for that one for sure. Uh, all right, uh, let's move on to our next story. I got this one, Sherlock Holmes. Uh, some Sherlock Holmes news. Just one, you know, we're preparing for Sherlock Holmes, the much anticipated, and it's been quite some time since Game of Shadows, the third installment here in the Sherlock Holmes series is a uh, 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 franchise rather is on its way. But this news comes out here from Deadline and Variety that uh, HBO Max and Warner Brothers are looking to build a Sherlock Holmes film TV universe. Why not? Everything's a universe uh, in the mold of the TV series offshoots here that they've got for Suicide Squad with Peacemaker and the Batman, which is coming uh, a couple of those, possibly an Arkham Asylum one coming as well. So uh, this is a, apparently two potential spinoffs that are coming here for characters that have not yet been introduced. They're going to be introduced in the third installment here in the in the movie that's coming up, and it's being produced by Robert Downey Jr. and Susan Downey, his wife there, uh, and they would focus on, each one would focus on a different character. So this is fascinating, the world we live in now, where literature is turned into a universe now to play around with. I mean, these are films, I'm sorry, these are books from Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who in his mind probably didn't think the future of turning these into films, or maybe he did, I don't know. Um, but the idea that essentially these books are already universes within themselves. So the transfer doesn't seem that out of their own possibility. But nowadays, it's certainly a very interesting thing to see. Gentlemen, what do you think about this? Are you excited about this? And what characters are we going to get? We've seen the pretty standard characters in all the Sherlock Holmes, from all the Sherlock Holmes adaptations already. So what new characters could come in is one of them an anti-hero? What do you anticipate we might... First of all, what do you think of the news? And who, what do we anticipate we might get in these series? I mean, on its surface, it's news that I'm kind of like, yes! Like, I really enjoyed those movies. Yeah. Um, the, the second one, especially. Um, and, and it's and it's been an interesting franchise. I mean, it's very much like the sleeper blockbuster franchise. Yeah. I mean, the first one came out, did very well. Um, the second one, it never finished at number one. But it hung around. It just it just had these really, really great legs. And you had Jared Harris with his amazing portrayal of Moriarty. Um, you know, it's been so long since we've heard any news about the third one. Like at one point, I don't the, the director's name is escaping me. It's the guy that did Eddie the Eagle. Um, oh, yeah. I, I Dexter believe, Fletcher. Dexter yes. Fletcher. Yes. I want to say that he signed on to the Saint and maybe that's gone away now. Mm -hmm. But um, to to have two separate series. Um, and does it say whether or not the series are going to come before the third movie or no, after the, the movie, third movie? The movie will come first because the movie will come first. Characters, and then those will be the offshoot from the movie. Yeah, I mean they're clearly very confident in, yeah. in what they have in this script to think that okay, from this script we're going to be able to do two separate series. I mean the the I imagine the guess would be that after this third movie, if it happens, um, would be that Robert Downey Jr. is probably hanging it up as Sherlock. I mean, it's a very physical role and he's, yeah. he's getting a little long in the tooth. Um, so it's, it's like, I love the world. 
but it is a very, very kind of unique idea. I mean, you look at the supporting cast of characters in the Sherlock Holmes universe, like you think like the Irregulars, you know, is, mm. that's what they're called, right? The kids. Right, right, right. Um, you know, and they, they actually did that already on Netflix. And I don't yeah. think it was very good. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, there there is a cast of supporting characters there. So I'll be I'll be curious if they're from the books or if they are just uh, new creations Ooh. that they're doing for this third movie. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting idea, but it's it's unusual. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Mike, thoughts on this? I mean, you know, you show run a bunch of stuff. You've rebooted some franchises. What's this idea of kind of uh, reigniting the intro? I mean, it's been over a decade. 2011 was Game of Shadows. That That's how long it's been. A third movie coming in. Do you think this is the wise move to launch two series right off of this movie, not knowing how it's going to be received? Well, I think two things. One, I mean, these these this franchise is so old that we've had an entire other Sherlock Holmes franchise capture our hearts and rise and fall <laughs> since it came out. Like like the like like we've had an entire yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch, Martin Freeman, this is my Sherlock, this is the Sherlock that gets it right that came and went since we've seen these. So Wait, like can we, we argue there's been two, Mike? Because Elementary came, I think, during this time, didn't it as well? So Yeah, Elementary was in there too. So like there's yeah. been a lot of Sherlock and so this specific version, as much as I enjoyed them when they came out, like it's been a while. Like it's been a minute. Um this is like it's like somebody coming along and being like, guys, we've got a we've got an all new uh, I'm trying to think of any old franchise. I can't think of any. I was going to say Christopher Reeve, but that one wouldn't really work today. So, um, but you know, yeah, it would be like Smallville. It's like, guys, we're doing Smallville. And you're like, well, we've had like 19 Supermen since Smallville. Um, that being said, I mean, this is a thing that I kind of learned when I was at Hasbro, like IP is IP. Yeah. Like you can have anything like, like if you're a company and especially living in the world that we live in with movies and streaming services and 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 spin-offs of those movies happening on the streaming services and doing really well and like you said John like we're living in the era of universes like mm. whether you like it or not and some people love it and some people just can't stand it but thanks to what Marvel has done we now live in a world where everything is a universe there are if there's a movie with a character, that character exists in a fictional world and that fictional world has other characters. And if those other characters are interesting enough, we will follow them in spinoff movies in spinoff TV shows and we'll expand that universe. Yeah. And IP is IP. So if you're Disney, Warner Brothers, Universal, Paramount, Netflix, anybody right now, you are looking at your library, you're seeing what you have. And you're like, all right, can we launch this into a universe? Are there other characters? Can we create other characters? So that is the strategy. This all just hangs on how good the movie is. Like you guys yeah. said, like they seem to be confident enough in where it's going and what the ideas of these new characters are that they think it's going to work. Uh, this is a pretty early announcement. Um, have we even heard about the third movie going into production? Do we even know when the third movie is coming out? I mean, it's, I don't know that they've announced when it's coming out. Right. This has been, but it's been dancing around for the last few years for sure. Exactly. Um, so it's great that they're excited about this spinoff series for a movie that isn't even in production and we don't know when it's going to start. <laughs> so like a lot can happen between now and then. This might be one of those stories that we look back uh, six months from now and be like, remember when we covered that story and it just disappeared and it never went anywhere? That was a fun story. Um, but... <laughs> It could be good. It, like everything all depends, you know, like yeah. it's, you know, whether you're, whether you're rebooting Transformers, GI Joe, Sherlock Holmes, Boba Fett, whatever it is, like if the story's good and you nail it, people will be into it. 
And then you'll have yeah. a bunch of other studios running around launching their stuff, right. doing it poorly and going, I wonder why it didn't work. Right, exactly. Well, the other side of this too, and, and, and look at the track record for Team Downey. They did uh, Netflix's Sweet Tooth, which is getting a second yep. season. And they also did Perry Mason, which I really liked. And that's coming out with a second season very soon as well. So certainly some uh, they've got a good pedigree of transferring some of these classic characters or combo characters into mm -hmm. series and making it work. So I, I have all the confidence in the world. As we both, I think all three of us enjoyed those first two Sherlock Holmes movies with Downey. So hopefully this one comes out and we anticipate it'll be good. And then these characters will be interesting for sure to see how they work within the world. And I anticipate one will be a female character and I anticipate one might be a person of color. So th those are my anticipations uh, and we shall see how they play this out. I'm, you know? I'm yeah. putting my money on the Irregulars. Yeah. I'll put my money on the Irregulars. Yeah. Really I think that is a, I think that's an idea that if they launch it in the movie and the and the the kids they cast are like good enough and could carry an entire own like i could see that being one of them right right yeah me too uh, even though it didn't do so well um uh, well, the bad version didn't do well yeah fair enough the bad version didn't do well. good point, good point. <laughs> <laughs> all right well and we'll keep tabs on this as michael says is it going to be a story that's going to stick around or go away and we'll just go like remember that day uh all right shannon take us into the world of trailers my man with trailers, trailers, trailers! We get the second or third look, depending on which trailer we're talking about. Uh, the first one we're gonna see is, we're gonna talk about is uh, Star Trek A Strange New Worlds. This is a longer trailer. Um, and really seems to provide some uh, uh, levity to, to the world. I mean, like, I, again, I don't, know, I don't know the world that well, but Anson Mount had had a couple of zingers in this so i'll throw it over to you guys first what did you all think of our first or, or rather our second look at star trek strange new worlds i gotta say i loved it and and, and i actually got to, uh, a little text message from my girlfriend who's having a zoom meeting in the other room because i was cussing at the trailer after it was over <laughs> um she said please no cursing so loudly when i'm on the zoom meeting but i, I here's what uh, i'll tell the you life, the life of the lady outlaw is, a, is an interesting life indeed i'm sure yes i'm sure <laughs> Hopefully she'll write a book one day. But here's the thing is, I love the vibe. This, they essentially are rebooting Star Trek, the original series. That's what they're doing here. I don't care what they say. I don't care how they defend it. This is essentially Star Trek, the original series all over again with Captain Pike. You got Spock. You got Cadet Uhura in here. Um, and some people, I, I've seen some of the more old school Trek fans like me get upset <clears throat> because some of the dialogue and some of the back and forth feels too quippy. Listen, in 1960s, that back and forth dialogue we're watching in the original series was quippy for 1960s. So people need to kind of get over that and understand this is a more modern approach to Star Trek. And it's topical and it's very much in the vibe of what people want to see. And clearly, these shows are doing well or they wouldn't keep making all these shows here in the Star Trek universe. And I like the vibe and the energy. This already may look to be my favorite show of all of the Trek shows they've released here on Paramount Plus because I just like the vibe. I like the old school vibe, the original series vibe. I like the look of it. I like the chemistry with all the actors in there. I like the the look of the different actors in there as well. Some people were upset that we saw Spock kiss a girl. Now they're deciding he's heterosexual. For God's sakes, man, just wait until the show comes out and they lay it all out. And yes, you know, who cares about that right now? Let it present itself. When it presents itself, then we'll have the debate and have the conversation. But until then, you're just guessing and speculating. But I loved it, had the right amount of vibe. And Anson Mount, he makes me want to go watch Hell on Wheels, which did not look good to me. But uh, his, his swagger and his confidence as Pike is great. And I love that we've got that Spock back from Discovery and the chemistry overall. So, yeah, I'm on board a 1,000%. I can't wait to watch this one. 
Mike? Uh, yeah, I'm kind of a Johnny. I, I think like watching this trailer gets me super jazzed. I think that it has an energy that the other Star Trek shows don't currently have. And I don't mean that in a bad way necessarily, because I think each Star Trek show that's out there right now is kind of giving you something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Like Star Trek Discovery is really sort of your all out action, serious sci-fi, like big stakes, epic worlds kind of Star Trek. And I think they've done a really, really nice job kind of carving out a space for Discovery to be like, we're far off in the future, which allows us to deal with the Federation in an entirely different way. And I think that's really, really nice. I think Picard gets a little fan fiction-y sometimes, but mm. like you do love these characters, you love to return to them, and they deal with a little bit more of like the emotional sort of psychological side of Star Trek, and like that's kind of cute and fun over here. And I think Strange New World is like, hey guys, remember that Star Trek is like a rip-roaring fun adventure show in space, and we're gonna tell crazy weird sci-fi stories, action adventure stories and it's kind of funny it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek and i think that you know if you took all of these shows and put them in a blender you would kind of end up with the original star trek series <laughs> they're just doing a little bit over here a little bit over here and a little bit here um i i think it looks like a blast i think that it you know based on the first teaser that we got and then this trailer like they really are dealing with the seeks out new life and new civilizations and boldly going where no one goes before yeah. so they're dealing with the enterprise kind of being on the edges of the galaxy meeting these new races and like this is the part of sci-fi that i love because when you meet a new alien race it allows you to sort of do what sci-fi does best, which is be a reflection of our modern day bullshit through a different filter and like reflect on it. And I think they're going to do a lot of that as much as they're going to do a lot of like crazy, weird space alien mumbo jumbo action fun. Like it just looks like it looks like a very confident show right now. It looks yeah. like it knows what it wants to be and it's delivering exactly what it wants to you. So I, I can't wait. And also just, God love living in this era that we live in because whether you're a Marvel fan, a DC fan, a Star Wars fan, or a Star Trek fan, you are you are just your your table is full. Yeah, you have got so much <laughs> really, I know. to take in right now, and it's amazing. And, and one thing that neither of my uh, neither of my venerated co-hosts brought up is Anson Mount's hair. My I goodness, mean, that good man, hair. Yeah. good hair. That's quite a head of hair. I mean, that oh, is that oh. is some big. That is some big silver uh, uh, gloriousness uh, on top of that man's head. Yeah. Uh, and based off this trailer, I mean, I do think, like Picard, I didn't necessarily need to go back and watch the second season. Discovery seems like an investment. Um, uh, Strange New Worlds, I mean, I, I, I just got my Paramount Plus uh, uh, subscription, so mm -hmm. I might... This one I might check out from the beginning. We'll see what happens. Well, enjoy dude. your subscription of the shittiest working app on streaming. How it's dare you, Oh, sir? man, I, I cannot disagree with you there. Oh, and I disagree, sir. Look, Amazon <laughs> Prime might not have the best layout, but Paramount Plus is the jankiest app <laughs> It's like try. It's like it's like buying a fifteen-year-old car and the thing never starts, and you're just like, can I please watch Discovery? Can I please watch Discovery? I'm just trying to make the thing go down. Why won't it go down? I'm going in the search. Why can't I just? Can I get over to the right? I just want to get over to the right. It's a video game controller. I'm operating this on. I know what that down arrow means. It's not doing it. Yeah, Amazon Prime is like a five-dollar bin. You have to go find <laughs> somewhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Amazon Prime. You know what? That is so goddamn funny. Amazon Prime does feel like when you were a kid and your mom took you to the store and you went to the $5 bin and you're just like kind of going through. You're like, 
I, there must be something good in here somewhere. I mean, I paid the money. Like, I is oh, Miss Maisel. Okay, cool. That's nice. Like, but like, you are really, you are, you are digging through some stuff on that Amazon Prime one. But at least, but at least this thing works. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. It goes. The, the arrow goes down yeah, on Amazon true. Prime. Well, Star Trek Strange New Worlds comes out May 5th on the incredibly janky Paramount Plus. <laughs> <laughs> our next trailer we're going to talk about is our second look at Barry Season 3. So this is a this is a two-minute trailer, um, and we get a little bit more of the darkness that the show is known, known for. I mean, it is a it is a dark comedy. Um, yeah, and you, you actually get the sense that uh, Gene Cousineau, uh, Cousineau, who uh, played by the uh, incredible Henry Winkler, um, uh, seems like he might uh, be exploring uh, his dark side as well here by the end of that trailer. Gentlemen, what did you all think of our second look at Barry season three? Mike? Uh, I think I said this when we, when we watched the last teaser. Like, it literally has been so long since I watched Barry that watching both of these trailers was like, I, I got to go back. I got to go back and rewatch. I, I, rem I remember broad strokes what happened, but the trailer is so good. And it makes me so excited to jump back in that I will absolutely like go back through and kind of watch at least the last half of the second season, which had some real banger episodes oh, in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, just again, like these characters are so well drawn and there's so much going on. And I really kind of feel like when you see this trailer, you see that like they've really hit that culmination. Like like when um when Barry is talking in the trailer about like he didn't just make me a better actor. He made me a better man. And like, I think anybody can live, be the person they want to be. I mean, the whole show and the whole series is really about your past, the choices you make. Can you change? Can you be a different person? And that's reflected most primarily in Barry, but in every single character in that show. So as he's saying that voiceover and you're kind of seeing all the different characters, uh, you, I really feel like this show, uh, this season particularly, is really going to be a huge turning point, like really kind of deliver the goods on a show that was consistently delivering the goods already. So I can't wait, and I will be going back and rewatching at least part, part of Barry season two. Absolutely. I mean, this is the one show that we have rewatched multiple times in the Outlaw household. I mean, literally, we've taken a Saturday and finished a season wow. because it's just a show that both of us love uh, thoroughly. And uh, the fact that he's won... Uh, the Emmy for lead actor two years for both seasons. Uh, everybody who is coming out with something uh, to go against Barry now, y'all better be careful. Because looking at this trailer, this looks like haters going even deeper into the emotional journey and the catharsis of Barry. Remember the end of last season, all kinds of stuff blew up him with him and Cousineau, with him and his girlfriend, and all this kind of stuff. And certainly, we're seeing that these all these characters are advancing in their lives. Certainly. Uh, I forget the actress, Sarah Goldberg. I forget her character's name, but she, Sally, uh, Sally right? She looks like she's got a series regular or a lead in a film. She's kind of going to some kind of premiere coming out of a limo. Looks pretty cool. But then she looks completely frazzled and crying. And of course, because she's always an emotional basket case through the first two seasons of everything. She's always contradicting the emotion. Remember the lie she told, well, not lie, but like the kind of uh, manipulation of some of the story there. And then finding out what happened when she was attacked, all of that really interesting she told the true story 
and then found and then other people were saying no you didn't and she had to fight it so she's got a lot of things that she's come had to overcome rather in order to kind of establish what she's got to establish here as the character and kusuno himself he's now found out what barry's role is and the death of his love what's that going to be all about his son is back in the mix a little bit more it looks like in this season so from the trailer and of course no hank i mean the cyanide pills thing at the ending <laughs> jesus christ i, I laughed like four i i rebounded like four or five times i was laughing so hard you know? again I, I have the weirdest crush on him i don't get it i think he is just a little cute little cue ball and i just want to like just just rub his head like i think he's so adorable yeah. It's great. I mean, yeah. yeah, one of the few. Well, yeah, one of the one of the few comedic moments in this trailer delivered by delivered by Noho Hank and the two guys who are playing his his Chechen buddies. Oh, I, his Chechen <laughs> buddies are the best. Take cyanide pills. What? What? And, and it's, it's the perfect. But also his line from Shawshank Redemption: "Get rich or die trying." I mean, just brilliant. So, it, uh, it, it, Shannon's right. The darkness is here, but also there's going to be the humor within the darkness, as life usually has humor within the darkness if you know where to look and i'm just so excited to see what we're going to get and you know this is like the little engine they could which is crazy about this show it doesn't get the hype hype train but people who love it love it and clearly it's been re uh, rewarded with awards and what have you so uh it's very uh, beloved amongst it the industry Season two, I mean, it's been so long. When season two came out, there was no HBO Max. Like, it was right. just HBO. Like, I think it's going to be really interesting. Um, I, I think that shows that were on HBO that had a really strong following on HBO, now that HBO Max is a streaming service that yeah. I think arguably is one of the better streaming services, uh, in, in just in terms of interactivity, what they're delivering, like all of it. Better um, than Paramount+. Plus. It's, it's 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 a little bit better than Paramount Plus. Uh, I I just think that you might see that thing happen where Barry season three comes out and you're gonna have a ton of people who've never watched Barry yeah. just dive in on season one yeah, yeah. and just kind of go all the way through. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if like kind of to your point because I think you are right. It was kind of the little show that could. And I do think that there's a chance now that it's on hbo max that you're gonna see this like with season three like this sort of barry obsession come through Ooh. where people who were never talking about it before yeah. uh it's just gonna kind of reach new heights i kind of i have a feeling that's gonna happen yeah, yeah i mean the a, a similar thing despite the fact that it was never on hbo uh happened with i, I was reading about our, um our flag means death yes how when it initially dropped it didn't get a lot of traction and then slowly it became one of hbo max's for the time one of its top streamed programs like yeah. everyone just suddenly jumped on on board on board forgive the pun uh this uh this pirate I will, show i will not forgive it forgive it <laughs> You, Even you when said, you're not trying to, you do it. Even when you're not trying. You said Sithritary last week. So oh, first of all, first of all, Sithritary was gold. That was gold. It was, men it was mentioned one time in the comments, and, and, and the mention was a so oh, okay. fool's gold. Okay. Fool's gold. Okay. Dad joke over here is now a critic. I I see. <laughs> Sir, well, I've also, been in I've been in writer summits with you. I've heard the crickets. Oh, here we and, go. Oh boy. And you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also before before we move on to our last yeah. trailer, um, and you know, I can't say who it is, but I found out uh, a friend of all of ours is going to be on uh recurring on Barry season three. Recurring? Um, oh, that's when, great. When I when, I, uh, when we stop recording, I will tell you who it is. Okay. Um 
But yes, Barry season three starts uh, or drops eh, eh, April 24th. So in just a few weeks yeah. and on to our last trailer, which is really just more of uh, an extended TV spot. We get mm. one more look at Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which as we are recording, the tickets are on sale. If you're one of the lucky mm. ones that the AMC A-List app won't crash on you, maybe you've gotten your tickets. Uh, <laughs> I am not one of those yet, but I we mean, get this new. I'm buying the tickets for everybody. I'm just going to go do it when we get off this call later so it's fine yay <laughs> i got i got you guys hey well you know i've probably seen it before but yes okay yeah very much thank you mike i appreciate it thank you so much so oh, our yeah. last look at Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, um, we we get uh, we get an appearance from the two uh, uh, Maximoff children. We get we, yeah. we see Tommy Tommy and Billy pop up. We also get a, a glimpse of Wanda's Sokovian accent where she drops the word nightmare. Whether or not that is an indication of a character that might show up, we don't know. But gentlemen, um, you know. Just over a month, or just under a month, what did we think of our last look at Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness? I mean, I think they were real, real smart to put Billy and Tommy in there. That like it is, it is so funny watching just like the 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 Wanda red meat that Marvel is just waving oh, yeah. at everybody. Like they know what they've got. <laughs> they've locked they've locked her down for seven more years. We know mutants are on the horizon. We know we're getting a Professor X, maybe not our Professor X, but we're getting a Professor X in this movie. And now with Billy and Tommy, it's like they're like, guys, we know what you want and we are giving it to you. We are delivering this. Uh, you know, I think that I think that everyone is excited about this movie for lots of reasons. I think that Benedict Cumberbatch is going to do great. I think we get the fact that we get three different Doctor Stranges, the fact that we get the Illuminati. We've got Zombie Strange. We get a really brief glimpse of Wanda. Uh, zombie Strange, we get Zombie Wanda. Very brief glimpse. Not quite sure how that all plays in. But, like, that Wanda Vision story that was sort of told you know, in the background of the movies, like things were happening. And by the time we got to Infinity War and Endgame, like, you know, okay, Wanda and Vision are together. Um, but then the way that they sort of doubled down on that with WandaVision, introduced Billy and Tommy into the MCU in a great way, had them disappear. Uh, and now that is like her driving focus as a character as she has stepped into this role of the Scarlet Witch. Even this whole trailer, you know, kind of doubled down on that thing from the original trailer or the big trailer where she was like, you, you, you change the rules. You do what you want to do yeah. and you're a hero. I do it and I'm the villain. That doesn't seem fair. And it kind of took Strange's whole, I have the same dream every night and the way it kind of faded into Wanda and her dream is a nightmare. Whether that is just the word nightmare or a reference to another character, it's still really affecting that like they're taking this idea that all the male heroes say, well, I'm going to take this risk. I'm going to do this thing. And I am applauded for it. And Wanda, just like in the comics, uh, best of intentions, but goes down a different path. And the fact that this trailer is sort of confirming that that's the way we're going, like, I, I could hear all the screams <laughs> around L.A. as I watched it. Like, people are ready. People are here for Wanda. I see with my little third eye, uh, this is going to be an awesome movie. And it's only a two hour and what, six minute movie. They released the runtime for this one. So that's pretty shocking to shove all of that into two hours. I'm really so this this story feels like if it's that short of a runtime, it's going to be much more concise than people think. 
So that actually gets me excited rather than gets me worried because that means it's going to be more of a linear story. Well, not linear, but necessarily, but more of a, how can I say this? It's going to be a condensed storyline. I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah, straight lines going where it's going. And I don't got to be lost in all these other tangents. It knows what it needs to accomplish. And I'm excited for that. And yeah, seeing the kids, Mike, you're absolutely right. I wonder how old they're going to let them get. You know, are they going to become the subject of attraction for some people? I don't know. We're going to see as they get older what they're going to do. So, so that's an element of this you can't discount for sure. And seeing, I mean, the fact that they go right on her and she says, Nightmare, we know Nightmare's connection to Doctor Strange, Nightmare's connection to Wanda, Nightmare's connection to so many things. It's really, really fascinating that they highlighted that uh, and got the nerds to go absolutely crazy with nerdgasm seeing that because will Nightmare be the villain and then that's been a rumor since like early last year that nightmare was gonna have something to do as the main villain here in dr strange and in the next season of wandavision which i think is they're doing so all of that gets me very very excited to see this and yeah i mean just the look of this film i had mad mad doubts because i i'm not the biggest sam raimi person i know that's sacrilege in the world of nerddom but i think he's more misses than hits and even within his hits i have issues with his films but in the end, I'm, this looks awesome. And no one will be happier than me leaving a theater if Raimi knocks it out of the park with this film. So, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't love all of the Raimi-isms that, that are sort of his, his calling cards. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm not the biggest fan. I imagine we'll see the car at some point. <laughs> oh yeah in, yeah in in multiverse of madness um but yeah that two hour five minute runtime like that's really interesting like i think we've become so accustomed to these um i won't say overly long but 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 long long yeah. long superhero movies these two and a half hour two and a half hour plus and as much as i did enjoy the batman i don't think it needed i don't think it needed everything <laughs> i don't know what you would take away but it, there was there was a lot of a lot but we are going to find out what happens in the multiverse of madness on may 6 just about in a month oh i gotta go get this i do think it is funny that we're all like uh uh two hours it's a short movie i'm like two hours is decent <laughs> It it depends on what you do with it. Some movies are an hour and 40 minutes, like one we might be talking about in a second, and they feel long. Uh, Fair enough. enough. Some movies are three hours, and you want more, like Endgame. Um, All right. Well, let's uh, take a quick break, and we're going to jump into our main topic here and talk about, speaking of one of those movies, as as Shannon just mentioned here, we're going to break down a little bit of Morbius and these uh, post-credit scenes. So uh, just letting you know, if you haven't seen the movie or you you don't know about the post-credit scenes, this is going to be a spoiler discussion here going into this uh, main topic. So you can turn it off here. Go watch the movie. Come on back and finish watching this episode. Or don't. Or don't. Or don't. Yeah, fair enough. I would never tell you to do that, but Mike, you will. All right, but we'll be right back after this. What if I fell to the floor? Couldn't take this anymore. What would you do? 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 All I could think of with Jared Leto was 30 Seconds of Mars. Wow. 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 You, you even know a song with it? That's sh- shocking. All right. Well, shout out to you. I didn't know that. Um, uh, well, the Kill's not a bad song. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> a lot of news has been coming out with Morbius here. That It, it made about, what, $40 million uh, opening weekend, which is a lot lower than the last two Venom films. But then again, I mean, Venom is such a well-known mm-hmm. character, so I'm not 
necessarily dinging uh, Morbius for doing that. I thought it was pretty good for, for for an unknown character that a lot of people don't know. So great. Jared Leto, also some of the flack with Jared Leto uh, coming out of that Gucci performance, which a lot of people didn't like. Um, and Daniel Espinosa, who I think is actually a good director. I liked Life, uh, A Child 44. I think he's done a, a good job with some of these Safe movies. House. Safe House, yes. Safe yeah. House is, is one of these, like, um, underappreciated Denzel Washington vehicles, and Ryan Reynolds is damn good in that movie. So, to me, I was I didn't I didn't hate the movie the way other people hated the movie. It wasn't good, but it wasn't unwatchable like some of those random fucking movies. Uh, so, but there's a lot of drama going around this thing. Certainly focusing on the uh, post credit scenes, but also an interview that Espinosa uh, the, the rumors coming out and Espinosa kind of commenting on them that that uh, Jared Leto was so method that he was taking 45-minute pee breaks because he wanted to walk to the bathroom in his crutches, use the bathroom in his crutches, and then walk back on set, and that was causing problems. So uh, a lot of drama around this. But let's talk about those post credit scenes here first. Um, we do see Michael Keaton coming in here uh, from the world of the MCU and being transferred through the Purple Portal uh, into the world of the Sony Spider-Verse. And then he shows up, supposedly, that's not his body at all, as Vulture talking to Morbius, setting up some kind of alliance here. This is like writing a term paper, and then right at the end, you just go, and that's why I feel the way I feel. And that's it. And there's no extra kind of wrap up of everything, just kind of shove it in at the end, deal with it. It's like, what? So this was so clumsy and ham-handed and frustrating. It's a terrible start. To what will probably be some kind of anti-hero Sinister Six, gentlemen. Thoughts on uh, on this intro and how scared are you for Craven now? I, uh, I mean, when I when I saw them, I, I texted with Vogel and it was like, okay, the first one, it's like that makes sense, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> that that does not. Doc, and it does that not. Doctor yeah. Strange's spell went haywire again, and somehow tombs got transported from the mcu world to the venomverse world but then the second one where it's like he shows up with his costume from the mcu it's like okay he didn't build that the tinkerer built that so in this do they have the same technology it's like but then he's like hey i I was in another universe now i'm here i think it's spider-man's fault we should team up it's like wait what yeah (laughs) how does that how does that work? I mean, it was, Ugh. it was so, yeah. I mean, it was just kind of so silly. And it's like, you, you know where they want to go. You know yeah. where they want to get to. They just haven't figured out a good way to do it yet. So they're just going to be like, oh, this is where we're going. Yeah. Eh, we'll explain it later. We've got a couple of years. We'll come up with something. Yeah, it was, uh, it was silly. Yeah. Like, uh, so I have not seen Morbius. I'll be, I'll be honest about it. I just can't bring myself. There's a lot of other things in the theater that I wanted to see more. And I haven't quite brought myself to see it yet, but I have seen the end credit sequences, uh, and oh, oh boy, oh boy, yeah. Look, I think that I think that like everybody underestimates how good Marvel is with their post credit sequences. Not a hundred percent. They've definitely had some stinkers in there along the way that you're just like, well, we're gonna pretend that one didn't happen. That that like they've definitely had their false starts. They establish something like Thanos having a glove, and then they realize later on that that's not gonna work. So they've definitely fucked up too. But this is just, Sony's track record is, we got the Spider-Man movies, we made the first two Spider-Man movies, which I can argue with you all day long about the first one and how I hate Willem Dafoe, but the first two Spider-Man movies really good, and then they just 
with it with Spider-Man 3. I mean, like, Spider-Man 3 is just a disaster of a movie. Then they go to the Andrew Garfield movies, and although we all agree that we love Andrew Garfield and that he and Emma Stone are the best parts of those movies, those movies, by the time you get to the second one, you're just like, dude, what are you doing? Then they team up with Marvel. Marvel's like, here's how you do Spider-Man. Marvel's like, oh, by the way, we'll go ahead and, like, fix your Green Goblin. And we'll make people remember that Andrew Garfield was great and literally cry when Andrew Garfield catches uh, MJ. And then Sony's like, cool, cool, we got it. Hey, guys, here's this post-credit sequence. And you're like, are you serious? <laughs> we have literally shown you the way. Um, Michael Keaton, uh, Adrian Toomes all of a sudden disappearing out of the MCU and showing up in this other universe literally makes no sense. Yeah. Um, now, look, I will grant you that... Tom Hardy disappearing from the MCU and leaving a tiny little bit of his symbiote behind stretches credulity as well. Like, you're like, I don't know that that really makes sense, but if that's the way that you're going to give me Venom in the MCU, I guess I'll allow it. But Doctor Strange's spell, literally, I will make everybody forget who Peter Parker is so that all of these people from other universes coming in go out... And if you're like, they all go up, they all go back where they came from, plus this random person also just disappears because. Like, he's yeah. from our universe. There's no there's no cool. reason that he should, but cool. Uh so Slip even that the, by itself. Slip through. Yeah, the sure. <laughs> this one character that we actually need. I mean, this is besides the fact that, like, based on the early trailers from Morbius, we knew that Michael Keaton was in it. We yeah. all had discussions of, does this mean that this is in our universe? Is this an Adrian Toomes from another universe? Whatever they established, I guess they decided, well, this is dumb, and now that No Way Home came out, we can do this instead. So they clearly, at the last minute, shifted everything to do this, thinking that fans would be like, oh, my God, that's amazing. And based on Twitter's reactions, fans are like, what are you doing? Yeah. Can you stop? And then, yes, Shannon's 100% right. Given everything we know about Adrian Toomes from Homecoming, he didn't build that suit. Nope. He has no beef with his Spider-Man, uh, really. I mean, like, granted, if he forgot that Peter Parker was Spider-Man and forgot that whole aspect, maybe he's just still pissed that Spider-Man was messing up his business. But he's in a different universe now. Like, his entire, I think Spider-Man has something to do with why I'm here. Let's team up and do some shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's so dumb. Yeah, like, let me fabricate uh, anger and uh, a rivalry here that has no basis in fact, because this is a different Spider-Man from a different universe. If you know you're from a different universe and you're in this new universe, why is why are you mad at this Spider-Man and not that the other universe's Spider-Man? It just makes no sense. Uh, uh, talk about projection. It just makes no sense on any on any level here um and i don't know I, this I, it's just mind-blowing and this is what i was afraid of when those venom films made money that's sony going well we don't have to well fuck it like i mean we can just make a whole bunch of money and this no big deal we don't have to put that much effort into the story we can make just as much as Marvel. oh john, and john it's, like, it's worse oh. it's worse it's worse than that they think they're putting the effort in yeah uh, that, okay they're, they're not sitting there they're not That's sitting true. there going ah let's just make some shitty movies like yeah. they they think they're doing what Marvel's doing. And even DC, like, look, I'm the first one to knock DC, but, like, even what DC is doing with Flashpoint, which yeah. whether or not they execute well on it remains to be seen, but bringing in Michael Keaton, using Flashpoint, that universe's Batman is coming here. Like, the broad strokes of what they're doing 
is logical and makes sense given yeah. what Flash's abilities are and what we know that Flash has done in the comics. This is just like, oh, this seems, oh, like, it's just annoying. It drives me crazy. Bad. I feel bad for Michael Keaton. I mean, he's been on a renaissance here and now he's going to be stuck in that Sony Spider-Verse. If I was him, I'd drunkenly call Kevin Feige like Tom Holland did, go, but work this out. Get me back. I don't want to be a part of this. this <laughs> he's going to be Batman. He's all right. <laughs> yeah, he's doing just fine. Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton is like, <laughs> people are like, hey, it doesn't make sense that Adrian Toomes in the universe. He's like, this paycheck makes sense. I just bought myself <laughs> a new house. Like, he's, he's fine. He's fine. <laughs> Let's get nuts. Um, all right, and any thoughts on Jared Leto and the using the crutches to go pee? Gentlemen, have we gone too far? Okay. Uh, days on set can be very, very long. Yes. Everyone wants to do a good job, but me doing my good job shouldn't make your job harder. Mm. And and it seems like point. Yeah. It, it, his on-set antics don't justify the performance i mean especially yeah. in morbius like yeah. watching that movie i'm like jared leto's a brilliant actor i mean like watching we crashed i'm like this guy is legitimately brilliant like he's yeah. fantastic but you shouldn't make the entire crew suffer for you to have a moment that's just me okay mike i i remember when i was a freshman in high school and i was in the the school play and this guy was played this guy who was a senior who was seen as a very good actor uh, who was a very good actor uh we were, we were in a play and he was had this very dramatic scene on stage and I was like backstage talking to somebody and he came backstage after the scene and he was breathing heavy and red in the face and snot coming out of his nose. And then he like hit a cage like like that had some lights behind it and like dented the cage. It was like, ah, and then walked away. And I'm a little freshman in high school. And I'm like, the fuck is going on <laughs> and someone was like oh yeah that's just his process he's really method and i'm like what's method because i was a freshman and i didn't know uh <laughs> who's lou who's lou um but i but i that's always stuck with me and whenever these uh, things i'm shannon look i i actually do think some of his choices notwithstanding i think jared leto is a very good actor and i yes, think a lot of absolutely. actors that want to do whether it's benedict cumberbatch and power of the dog or jared leto and morbius like you want to do this whole method thing where you stay in character and you stay in the moment but you are a human being and somewhere in your brain you know where you really are like whatever your process is where you're 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 in the zone that you are this person and you don't have your legs don't work but like somewhere deep down you understand your actual surroundings and that you are on a set and that there are people that are living their lives and doing what they need to do. And so I think if he, you know, I, I know that like ultimately what they decided is he took the wheelchair to the bathroom. Like, great. Yeah. Probably should have got there faster. It's like, look, like I want to make sure that I am living this way. So I don't, I don't want to ruin anybody else's time. And I know that this would take me time. Let's get in front of this. Like, let's figure out there is a way to be method and stay in character the whole time and still respect the hundreds of people that are working to make this movie happen. Yeah. And listen, look, he's great. And we, we crashed. If you're watching, we crashed. He's fantastic on that show on Apple TV. Um, it is really good. But you, someone described it on Twitter. I thought it was perfect. Uh, 
he's the Daniel Day Lewis of bad movies. And I was like, wow, that's actually kind of ah. nails it. And so I was like, I'm <laughs> that much effort in for it to be part of a terrible film. Like, I can understand that, you know? And, 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 I mean, and again, well, maybe not terrible, just not so good. Just not so good. And I don't want to listen to no, no. Daniel Espinosa is a Latina, Latino director. I don't want to jump on him. And he was very honest in his, in his interview yesterday. If you read the interview, he's like, I'm always reassessing. I'm always looking at things that didn't work and try to get better as a director. It just kind of sh totally shut up, in my opinion, all these people who were gleefully dancing around going after Morbius over the weekend, some of my fellow critics. And I was like, y'all need to calm the fuck down, man, because it is not that bad of a movie. Venom and Ven those Venom movies are fucking horrible. This is not a good movie, but it's not like the worst superhero movie ever made. For Here's the thing I'll say. I, I don't think... I don't think that any, but look, there are definitely asshole directors and asshole writers and asshole actors sure, out there. They're sure. assholes. Some of them are assholes who do real stuff that we love and we look yeah. aside from the fact that they're assholes. But like, I think that most people, even the assholes, go into a movie, no matter what the budget is, no matter what's going on with it, you go mm -hmm. in trying to make a good movie. Um, I think the, the truth of it is, I said this to my dad once, like, it's yeah. shocking that the amazing movies get made with the number of people that have to be working at their best with the executive level, with like all the ask, the crazy executive notes that you're gonna get, all the crazy people weighing in on different things, the bigger the property, the bigger the IP, the more you've got, well, the comic book company is weighing in and this executive win, this person who has the rights to this is weighing in. Like it's impossible. And I just think that when you look at the Sony movies, I don't, I don't fault Espinosa. Like I don't yeah. fault the, yeah. like so, the Sony issue with doing these universes is clearly a Sony executive level issue yeah. because that's where the problem is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kevin Feige allows for his directors to be able to make great movies and all the stuff that needs to connect the that level handles like and look not every person who's directed a marvel movie is the best director in the world mm. some of them are amazing some of them are mediocre some of them are probably not that great but ultimately that bigger connective level that happens at the executive level so the bigger issues with morbius, with morbius aside from the fact that it's kind of like a whatever movie is that bigger connection level thing with those post-credit sequences and what they're even doing with spider-man and that's a sony executive level issue yeah um, all right, no, we got to get on out of here. So, any final words here, Shannon, before we wrap on this one? No. no. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> right, thank you all so much for watching this episode of Geek Buzz. We appreciate it madly. Shannon, what do we have to tell them? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies, on Instagram at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung, on Instagram at Shannon Geek Buddy. If you'd like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MK2. And if you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at the Roca Sess. Uh, Mikey? If you enjoyed this update on your week of geek and want to continue to get such updates, here are some things that you can do to help us out. Uh, definitely hit that like button below so that we get all the likes possible. Subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page so that he gets all the amazing followers and you can see all the amazing stuff that he's got going on because he is a busy, busy man. Leave your comments below. Uh, what trailers are you excited about? Do you think that there is more juice in Sherlock? Uh, what do you think of the Moon Knight show? Why is it doing so well? Are you enjoying Moon Knight? What do you think of Morbius? Are you one of the people that thought it was actually a decent movie are, are you furious at it are you mad about these post-credit sequences do you think adrian tombs even belongs in the universe what the are they gonna do let us know what you think below in the comments um if you are listening to us on spotify or apple Podcasts or anywhere leave us some stars leave us some comments there it helps us go up in the rankings so when people search for entertainment podcasts they find 
these lovely faces. And the best thing that you guys can do is retweet this video, post it on your socials, send it to your friends, and tell everybody to spend some time with your buddies, the Geek Buddies. There you go. Thank you all so much. And of course, thank you to Carbon Health as well, who uh, powers and sponsors the show. Go to carbonhealth.com. They have 100 plus locations across 14 states, 50 plus locations in California, across the Bay Area, Los Angeles, Sacramento, and North San Diego doing COVID testing. They establish a partnership with a primary care clinician that gets a professional in your corner for your health needs, questions, and healthy future. Can They continue to partner with us here on the Geek Buddies because they genuinely care about positive communities who engage with each other over the love of culture and expressions of life. Certainly, we do that in this community. And you can download the app now to keep a doc in your pocket for any of those needs that you need healthcare-wise and get it handled there at carbonhealth.com. Again, carbonhealth.com. All right, thank you all so much. You take care of yourselves. Be well. Look for our Moon Knight spoiler review for episode two coming soon. And we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode here from the Geek Buddies. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.